stage, boards up stage, nice and easy. And five, six, seven, eight. This madcap production of A Chorus Line at the Skokie Theater, directed by Wayne Mel, is on point, tapping into the essence of a story of love and dedication to the art of dance. A Chorus Line is an anthology of songs and monologues bringing to light the collective motivations and inspirations that keep people involved in a mentally and physically demanding occupation that requires intense dedication, while offering only rare substantial successes. Through the individual stories and seemingly endless rehearsals, we're reminded of the kind of hard work and athleticism required to make moving to music look artful and effortless. Onerous choreographer Zach, played by Sean M.G. Karen, cajoles a select group of hopeful chorus applicants into revealing some of their deepest secrets, while continually drilling them on numerous dance routines, all the time barking out orders to lift their chin, raise their arms, and smile less, while looking like they're having fun. For those who survive the ordeal, only a handful will be selected. In the song, What I Did for Love, with music by Marvin Hamlish and lyrics by Edward Kleeman, in this case beautifully sung by the character of Diana, played by Marcella Osa Gomez, where she says of the grueling work and unmet promises, we did what we had to do, won't forget, can't regret, what I did for love. In this context, it's the love of the craft, the love of dance. It may be a useful reminder that when first staged in 1975, frank conversations about sexuality in general and homosexuality specifically were unusual and a bit shocking for theater goers. In Hello 12, Hello 13, Hello Love, the ensemble shares stories of puberty, adolescence, and sexual awakening. But in Dance 10, Looks 3, a reference to her performance score, dancer Val, played by Lily Javorka, lightens the mood in a song more commonly referred to as Tits and Ass, where she reveals that surgically enhancing those assets improved her career. It can't be overlooked that the piano-intense, nearly non-stop two-hour score by Hamlish is a workout for the production pianist. In this case, the extremely capable music director, Jeremy Ramey, who must also be credited with the precision of the ensemble vocal numbers and likely the fact that the musical subtleties and multi-voice harmonies within the songs were preserved and celebrated. Though there were a few obvious ringers, the vocal capabilities of this cast exceeded their dancing chops, but that doesn't detract from their earnest effort led by choreographer Susan Pritzker. This production is a substantial aerobic workout that requires continual attention to complicated footwork and challenging movements, all while singing, talking, or being otherwise engaged in what is happening on the stage. The onstage leadership of dance captain Ben Panik, echoed by his character of Larry, was amusing and quietly assuring. In a sense, he represented the ideal that all of the rehearsal was supposed to finally achieve. The set design credited to Scott Richardson couldn't be more minimal, consisting of a few mylar sheets as mirrors on the back wall, flanking the opening that exposed the backstage area and pianist. I get that this was supposed to be a rehearsal area, and admittedly the Skokie Theater stage is already a bit small for this show with such a large dance ensemble. But when there were only two people in a scene, they seemed lost in space. For, for instance, in the scene between Zach and Paul, played by Louis Diwali, a simple chair might have grounded them and given them a reference point. 
Likewise, the lighting was virtually non-existent, being fully up most of the time. This made me as an audience member feel like I was watching a rehearsal and not in a good way. Again, in the previous mentioned scene, or during Cassie's solo dance, played by Sarah Saperstein, some isolating lighting might have added to the intimacy of these moments. Sadly, the costumes by Patty Halogen were overall a miss for me. In this show, where there's so much fun and interesting off-the-rack potential, the biggest faux pas was the finale, which, aside from being generally ill-fitting, was way too much bling for this small space. What's important in the finale is that the chorus line be uniform and synchronized. Save the glitter for a larger venue. Each individual cast member did an outstanding job on their spotlight performances. A standout for me was Emma Draskowski as Maggie, while my wife thought Whitney Marie Wolfe as Judy was the real deal. I also thought that Del Valle's scene was very moving. Aside from a few minor gaffes as mentioned, this show was great fun and very enjoyable. The full house is a further indication that Madcap provides an important function in Skokie, offering competent, entertaining live theater experiences to the Northside communities in a convenient, comfortable, and modern venue. A chorus line is at the Skokie Theater, 7924 Lincoln Avenue, through October 8, 2023. Running time is two hours with no intermission. For tickets and information, visit skokietheater.org or call 847-677-7761. This is Reno Lovison, executive producer at chicagobroadcastingnetwork.com and theater reviewer for Chicago Theater and Arts. And as always, if you need production assistance, audio or visual for your business or organization, check out renoweb.net. And by the way, if you're looking to make music of your own, consider piano lessons at the Lakeshore Music Studio. Visit lakeshoremusicstudio.com. Stage, boys up stage, nice and easy. And five, six, seven, eight.